Astro Chat returns. Andy Pondillo, Jared Webb, back for another edition of the off-season program. We have barely any news since our last episode, but there is some big news in the Astros world. We're talking former Astros, and we're going to lead off with that one. Jared, Jeff Bagwell, he's in the Hall of Fame. I know you specifically love Hall of Fame debates, so I wanted to get you in on this real quick. I know that uh, this is long overdue for the Astros fans. If you're a sabermetrics guy, he's one of the best to ever play the first base position. If you're an eye test guy, you can tell that he was one of the best five-tool first basemen we've ever seen. They're really, I don't think, among real baseball people outside of the steroid, you know, witchcraft people, uh, there's anyone that denies that Jeff Bagwell should be in the Hall of Fame at this point. Well, and if you're John Heyman, you're an eye test doctor and can verify 100% that Bagwell took steroids. It's a good thing. I- I'm I'm not a big Hall of Fame guy, mainly because of all the weirdness of the voting. And it's, I don't know, it just gets, it, it gets a little nonsensical and it just, it seems to kind of been like derailed from what it was. But I- I'm I'm happy that Bagwell's in um, and I think it's stupid that, you know, once you put, like, again, once C-League was put in, you just, you open the flood doors to any steroid era guys. So at that point, let's be honest, Bonds needs to be in, Clemens, uh, <laughs> Schilling is managing to talk his way out of the Hall of Fame, which is hilarious, mm-hmm. but, uh, I mean, even him, he deserves to be in, uh, but you can't you can't differentiate, but some of these writers still Murray Chass uses it as a platform to uh, boost his numbers a little bit, get his views up. So that's you know it's just it's nonsensical. One of the most outrageous ones I heard, and, and mind you, this is a very smart baseball guy. Jeff Passan uh, was talking about Sammy Sosa, and he didn't put him on the ballot, and he was saying, you know, they asked him. Uh, is he not on the ballot because of, of the steroid allegations? And he said no. He doesn't think that Sammy Sosa's numbers are worthy of being a Hall of Famer. He didn't get on base enough. I'm kind of like, the dude hit 600 home runs. I looked at his on-base average. It was 344 career. He had a cannon in right field. Um, I, I don't know. What am I missing, Jared? Um, I mean, I know early in Sammy's career, I believe he was super, super duper strikeout prone. I think he was like with the White Sox early in his career. I'm really yes. doing this off the top, off the cuff. Um, he but I think he was for a number of years before he got. Yeah, there. and I think I think maybe that uh, really lowers their opinion because one thing you can never say about Barry Bonds uh, is that he wasn't productive early in his career when that guy was young. He was he was a stud. He was a stud from day one. That's what uh, I think he was the, the best is some of those years in the 90s, you know, 40-40 season. Yeah, 30-30, 40-40s. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. He was probably on something. He was probably, you know, there there was all kinds of stuff that were legal back then that aren't legal now. So, uh, but yeah, I, that guy should be in. But the thing with Sosa is maybe maybe it's because he wasn't he was not stellar his whole career he really lit it up late um yeah, and it was really a, because it was really it felt like it was because of steroids, steroids maybe and he just had a stretch though that was crazy because we talk about bonds is had that stretch obviously once he was around 40 where he started hitting 70 home runs having a 500 on base average yeah. mcguire was pretty much all power but when we're talking about a guy for eight or a nine-year stretch to just put up the video game numbers every year, 
I think that was Sammy Sosa's kind of a half career type thing. It's just to me when we talk about these players and who should be in and who shouldn't and witch hunting all of them. I mean, you just look at the raw numbers and you base it on the era they played in. You know, it's just just put them in. Like if you got to put an asterisk by them, put an asterisk by them. Do whatever you need to do. But I feel like the numbers speak for themselves, and you, it really goes to the pitching side too. If you were able to pitch uh, at a career, you know. 305 ERA clip during that era, that, that's absolutely freaking incredible when you should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I, it, there's context, and and there's a lot of context that we, the fans, don't really look into. We, we see our players, and I do think our players receive a pretty heavy bias for playing for Houston uh, because it isn't one of the, the showier teams. You know, it's not the New York Yankees of the 90s and 2000s. Um, so I think, you know, those guys got punished a bit for that, for playing in Houston. Um, but it's just, again, that's not that's why I'm not really big into this. It's it's so subjective. or uh, Yeah, it's so subjective. And I don't know. It just it, it gets a little like watching these people use it to boost their own personal brand. It's like, yeah, most of these guys aren't even covering baseball anymore. They're just getting their yearly pop. Well, let's... With that being said, let's talk about something really important now, Jared. Star Wars, The Last Jedi. Who is The Last Jedi? Okay. So, uh, thinking about this, I feel like George Springer is not The Last Jedi. I feel like he is your wild bounty hunter character. He might be your... uh, Maybe he's your smuggler, but I really feel like your smuggler, kind of suave, debonair, real lucky. You know, he just out-handsomes everybody in the movie. That's Dallas Keuchel. The Last Jedi for me, for this guy, Jose Altuve. I thought you were going to say Marlon Gonzalez for a second. I was getting all ready for that one. Man, I I love Marwin. And Marwin, to me... More than anyone in this, he's Chewbacca. You know, I know people are going to be like, no, no. If 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 Keuchel is, you know, Han Solo, then it's got to be McHugh or something like No. Marwin Gonzalez is Chewbacca. He's fixing the ship. He's taking those crack shots that kind of just randomly come out of nowhere. Like he hits something with the bowcaster and everything blows up. You know, he breaks up you Darvish's no hit perfect game. Early in the season, huh? Yeah. Was like a game two of the season yeah, breaks it up. That was like That's Marwin Gonzalez. That's a Marwin Gonzalez having his Chewbacca moment. All right, so I have a different take on this. This is called the Last Jedi. So that means all of them have been killed off. This is going to be a grizzly veteran, a guy that's been there, that's seen things, that's that has that look that he's just been through it all and he knows what to expect, and he's just going to go up there and get something done. His name is Evan Gaddis, the Astros' last Jedi. Catcher, mental extraordinaire, a guy that has multi-talents, hits for power, a guy that if you were to get into battle with, who else would you want on your side swinging a lightsaber other than Evan Gaddis, a guy that uh, is not only smart behind the plate, but is a guy that's going to beat somebody up when you have to put you know, basically your planet on the line to be saved by Evan Gaddis. Are, are you serious right now? Yeah. Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve is no. Jose Altuve is the last Jedi. But he, That's he's the like dude. Yoda. No, 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 no. Again, Jose Altuve, last Jedi. He knew, hoped it. 
New Hope did in 2012, 2013. 2014, he really starts to like pick up some steam, and he had the, like his Empire Strikes Back moments with like these little tiny slumps here and there during his batting title runs. He never really even had an Empire Strikes Back. He's just been Return of the, Return of the Jediing it for like years. But again, he knew hoped it for us. Like you, he comes out of nowhere, and he's this he's this kid from you know Venezuela, and he's little, and you're just like, huh. He's really unassuming, and then he just hits forever. That guy's been through 2012, 2013. I mean, he's been through it. He's been through the terrible minor league systems of the Houston Astros. This guy's the last Jedi. I was Jose Altuve. About his battling techniques. Like, if I were to get to a lightsaber battle and he's got to go up against Kylo Ren, I, I don't know if he can take him. Oh, he, he's going to decimate Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is is weak compared to Jose Altuve's berserker style. It's going to be all speed. Jose Altuve's Yoda with the lightsaber doing the flips. You know he'd be doing flips and just just randomly like cutting off an arm, but you didn't see it because he's now 15 feet away because he's so quick. Jose Altuve's the Yoda with the lightsaber, baby. Well, let's talk about some of the other characters then. I have Carlos Beltran uh, coming back to the light. I mean, this is Darth Vader after he's he's smoked. And, you know, arm cut off and everything and kind of a broken down guy coming back to to the light again. Uh, I don't know how he's going to stay alive for an entire year, but, you know, he's he's pretty much half Darth Vader, half Anakin Skywalker right now. I feel like Beltran's coming in as kind of like an Obi-Wan Kenobi character um, to our Luke Skywalker, which is our young Luke. I'm going to say young Luke. But Obi-Wan does nothing wrong, though. Beltran's done things wrong. No, uh, well, oh my gosh, Andy, you're not going deep enough in the extended universe. You're talking a grizzled <laughs> Jedi that. hasn't a grizzled Jedi like him. He's done some things in his career. He didn't sign with us. He went somewhere else. He, but he's back now. He's ready to mentor. He's ready to like creepily walk through the deserts with Carlos Correa. He'll trudge the deserts of Arizona to teach him how to hit in that park and just hit bomb after bomb. He's going to teach him so many lessons. And then at the end of the season, um. He'll probably retire. So, you know, that's kind of like that. Now, then Carlos Correa becomes the last Jedi, you know, when Altuve signs with someone else. <gasps> so, essentially, Altuve gets killed off, so that doesn't make him the last Jedi. I, I'm saying so just for the sake of... Jedis. There's Eventually, Correa will be the last Jedi if Jose Altuve doesn't get his extension. I, I think you underestimate Evan Gaddis's ways with the Force. I feel like Evan Gaddis is um, when we didn't realize, like, for people who don't like Chewie, who's like, he doesn't do anything, he just kind of runs around. Like, he's that version of Chewie for people. Maybe he's like, I don't know, he's like the Rancor. He just kind of runs in and just, like, messes things up. You're like, what are you doing, Rancor? Stop it. Like, have a bone. And he's just like, ah, and then he just hits a home run. You're like, what the hell is happening? Evan Gaddis is going crazy. I got one for you. Marwin Gonzalez, he has to be a droid. I, I'm gonna say he's R2D2. Are you okay with that? Oh, I would. I would. You know what? That's a wonderful. That's an astute observation, Andy. R2 has his moments. You know where he hit that solo bomb in a movie, and you're like, "Oh, that was wonderful, R2. You did it." You know, and you're like, "Okay, now I want to watch some lightsabers again. I want to watch Correa uh, run around with lightsabers. Go over there, R2." And but he's there. He's right, waiting. Here's one that I know that a lot of the fans will get enjoyment out of Carlos Gomez, Jar Jar Binks. 
Oh, I hate that from a man. I really do. I hate it for him, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. No one, no one messed up our season. No one messed up, you know, the the relaunch of the Astros. And we consider this, man, I don't know, maybe this is like the relaunch back in the day. And Carlos Correa just, or Carlos Gomez just messed it up for everybody. Well, it could I be feel, I feel bad. I hate that. It could be that theory, too. I know he's you've read it, being a fanboy, that he's the Sith. Yeah, Carlos him. Gomez. Carlos Gomez is secretly a Sith working for Texas this whole time. Just like, hey, you guys hook me up after this, right? Okay, I'll I'm going to destroy this. Well, that's a question in itself. Are there any other Sith that are on the Astros 25-man roster right now? <sighs> who, If anyone's a Sith on this roster, who is it going to be? I feel like maybe Guriel could kind of be that guy where you're like, maybe our expectations are a little too high, and we're like, oh, no, he betrayed us and took all our money. But I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a weaker one, but he could be that guy. You know. I think Luno, I mean, if you go up to the front office, he has some pretty strong Ooh. Sith characteristics. Oh, he does. He does. And you never know which kind of Sith he's going to be. Is he the guy who's uh, cleverly climbing the ranks of the Senate to somehow become the Supreme Emperor? Or is he, you know, at the point where you just want to throw him into a vat of energy? Um, if he doesn't get me Chris Archer, I'm going to throw him into a giant vat of energy or a hole of energy. Why, why was why did the emperor like have his throne right next to that giant reactor? That didn't seem like a good idea. You know, it's funny that, when you go back and watch him fall in the reactor and you see what the effects look like, and you're like, "Dang, Star Wars came a long way from this point." Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we've we've been places, people. <laughs> we've seen some things. Yeah. On that note, so on a serious, actually on a serious note here, uh, we're talking about Star Wars: The Last Jedi. If you're completely have no idea what's going on by this point you probably if you have no idea what's going on go i don't like you <laughs> jared doesn't like you see so definitely don't like shut you. off the podcast but uh if you haven't heard that's the title of the new star wars film jared you're a bigger star wars fanboy than i am uh but i still enjoy the series quite a bit i need your take who do you really think The Last Jedi is in these movies? Is Luke Skywalker going to be dead at the end of this film? And uh, what do you really expect? Is this going to be The Empire Strikes Back of this new uh, trilogy that they've made? Oh, yeah, I think so. They've, they've already said that uh, this one's supposed to be really dark and go down a very interesting path. So I think I think Rey is essentially going to take up um, the Luke Skywalker mantle uh, after Return of the Jedi, where... He trains her to the extent of however long that movie spans, and then she is the last Jedi. Because that's uh, people don't know this in the extended universe. That's really Luke's big story going forward um, after Return of the Jedi is is trying to start the Jedi Academy again and trying to figure out how to be a teacher when he himself is not really like prepared for that. So. I think they're I think they're gonna do that with Ray and I, I'm cool with that. Like I think they're gonna kill off Luke um, because they need to go ahead and like shift us away from the ideas of the past movies. So we need to start like that's the whole thing to like, focus on the new movies. And what do you expect from the development now of uh, Kylo Ren? I mean, we know obviously that he's Han Solo's son. Uh, we don't really know much about his leader Snoke. So I think that this movie really. I think needs as much as it explains the heroes, I think we need to find out a lot more about the villains as well and what really drives these guys uh, to go about their villainous ways. Well, and he, he 
the whole thing is Kylo Ren's supposed to be returning to Snoke to finish his training. So yeah, I definitely think we're going to get a much deeper look. Uh, maybe we'll get some, I hope, I hope we're going to figure out who Snoke is. Cause, um, that's been a big point of contention, uh, for a lot of people, including people yelling at me when I don't agree with them. Okay. What do you think? And what do you get yelled at for? I actually think uh, of one of the alternative theories um, where I think Snoke was actually one of Luke's original apprentices and betrayed him. Uh, that's another. Well, everyone says that it was Kylo Ren, Kylo Ren, um, and I don't know that they actually like ever ever say it. I think he was maybe inspired by Snoke, who was an equally powerful student. I don't know who maybe was getting outside training. My brother, my brother tends to think it's the. Um, uh, Darth Plagueis, uh, Sidious's uh, mentor. He thinks it was him reborn because that was kind of his thing of manipulating the Force to maintain life. Very fascinating. I wish I could do that sometimes at work. I mean, that would be a, a nice skill to have to kind of manipulate the forces that are going on in there to alleviate stress and go home. I feel like you would just be like force joking people. Like, just, no, Janet. No, Janet. No. <laughs> no. Chancellor Palpatine. You know, I've actually thought about being him for Halloween a couple times, but it's been thwarted by other stuff like uh, dressing up like as Har- wanting Harambe. to wanting to meet girls. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. That probably isn't going to be something that's going to get you Harley Quinn and booty shorts to dance up on you. Oh, probably not. Getting it back to Astros baseball here. There isn't a whole lot of news on the field to talk about, but there is some news on Twitter. Uh, we see Colin McHugh uh, taking some stabs at Donald Trump on Twitter, and obviously a lot of the Astros fanboys, I would wager to say they skew a little bit Republican. Is that fair to say, Jerry? Um, it's actually a much bigger mix. Um, yeah, it's a pretty big mix. Either way, and even then, some of them they're... aren't happy about it. Well, we and we don't know. Uh, it's funny because it happened to Bregman too. Bregman made a comment about uh, President Trump, and <laughs> a protest Bregman account was started, and quickly could not take the harassment it was receiving from Astros Twitter and became blocking people. Which, as a, a protest account and a troll account, um, you're not supposed to like block people. You're supposed to enthrall them, and you know enraged them and it didn't work uh and as far as the McHugh stuff like i've seen a lot of people saying like oh you know stick to baseball what that's that that is not a rule of social media well, that's not you what know twitter is we want to meet these people outside of baseball in my opinion and when, when they come on there and they're posting pictures of them working out to hell with that i could care less i want to see who they are off the field that's what twitter is about well i mean again we've it's you you think about our our heroes uh of our generation you know Biggio Bagwell and stuff like that we knew very little about them um that wasn't provided to us by the Astros you know you'd you'd see a little local news story about Craig Biggio you know with the Sunshine Kids or something like that uh and that's all we really knew about them they seemed really godlike so now yeah, social media the right way do the right thing Right, and it, and it seemed that way while they were all juicing and you know there was a lot of drug abuse in in that era because of the steroids and greenies and stuff like that. Uh, but you didn't get to see that side of baseball unless you had a really active uh, news reporting agency, which I think only really New York and Boston did. So, like, those are the guys who got outed about stuff. But but really, like, 
you can talk about anything on social media and we're getting more access to our players. So we're getting to know them a lot better. And all the guy did was basically he gave a word of confidence basically about, I think it was the mayor who, uh, was it Lewis Smith? But, uh, yeah, he basically backed a representative from his area, uh, that Donald Trump had attacked. And, um, yeah, it's, he just spoke out in favor of, of his representative. So that's there's nothing that big, but people are telling him to you know stick to baseball and all that stuff. Well, you don't have to stick to your job. Like in that case, you know I'd only be able to talk about college student stuff. Andy, you'd only be able to talk about social media. And what, you know? he, and what he was talking about was the incident with John Lewis um, in Atlanta, John the Lewis. civil rights uh, activist, and the whole debate about Trump saying that he wasn't there and blah, blah, blah. I, I know a spotty amount of details when it comes to that, but I know enough to know that uh, that was a hot topic for about a day. And basically there's a hot topic every day uh, right now when it comes to politics. You know, really, I think, you know, sometimes people come on Twitter just to get a little bit of a rise out of people. I'm sure McHugh knew. He's a smart guy. In terms of the guys I've talked to with the Astros, he might be IQ-wise about the smartest there is. So yeah. I'm pretty sure he knew that he was going to get a reaction out of that, and he didn't really care. He just was speaking his mind. He didn't really say anything um, that was absurd. You know, he just said he didn't. He didn't think he knew what Trump was talking about. That's not something that's saying he hates the president. That's not something that makes him anti-America. Just something that makes him human again. If he wants to put his opinion out there, that's fine. Where I draw the line more times than not when it comes to these things is if they go on to Twitter and they start ripping the organization, the Astros, that is. I'm not a real big fan of that or anything inside of the clubhouse. Anything outside of baseball, as long as it's not going to make you look like a poor human being, it really doesn't bother me that much. And really, it kind of makes it more interesting to me to follow someone like that that's going to spruce Twitter up a little bit. I don't even think he did it for a reaction. I think he just, you know, he lived, he's from that. I think he's either from that area or lives in that area currently. And yeah, yeah he just he said like, it no, it's a, it's, he's, you know, this guy's knows what he's talking about. That's yeah, all, I don't he, think all he, he said. A reactionary thing. I think he, but he, I'm pretty sure he knew he would get one. He wasn't one of these naive people that's going to post it and not expect people to go at him on Twitter. You know, I just yeah. don't think he cares. You know, he's, and see, I got the, does what he wants. I got the Lewis part of the name right, so... Well, it yeah. happens. I mess up e names daily. E-plus. Well, Astros and politics, um, you know... Actually, a lot of Star Wars. A whole lot of Star Wars. Star Wars, politics. Who's Jake Marisnik on Star Wars? I mean, he's got to be somebody. Ooh, I feel like... Hair. Man, and he's such a good defender. He just... He really can't hit... Oh man, I feel like I feel like he's like maybe like Nia Nub. He's a character you're kind of like. Uh, I mean, I get where you're here. Like, I get it. Okay, whatever. I, mean, I don't know. He just maybe he he does it for, or maybe he's a who's a character who really only just kind of like does it for some people. Maybe he's like C three PO, where you're kind of like either you love him or you're just like kind shut of funny up. every now and then. Yeah, like he has his moments, but most of the time you're just like, okay, that's enough C three PO. Let R two r2d2 make beeps but like every but you do you have a place in your heart for him like deep down you're like jake marisnik i do love you i love i love what you give me in your in the outfield of with your defense i like it okay serious talk before we wrap this thing up last report we have we're talking astros 
Luno says the Astros is likely done making significant additions in this offseason. We've heard Katana, we've heard Archer, we've heard Sonny Gray. We've heard a lot of these sexy starting pitching names come up, and nothing has happened. Are you grinding your teeth over there, Jared? Are you content uh, rolling into this season with the pitching staff that the Astros have and then trying to see if they can get a starting pitcher at some point during the course of the regular season? I mean, I get it. I get it. This this line, this roster right now, with what they have on the twenty five man, it's good enough. It is. Um, did I want a starting pitcher now rather than later? Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I think we'll be okay without it. Uh, I think if McHugh uh, gets a little luckier this year, it kind of revolves about where he was rather than uh, where he was last year. You know, give us, gives us that 2015 again. Um, yeah, I'm okay. I'm okay with it. I get it. I like trading for a guy before the season, mainly because it gives him time to kind of figure out what he's doing. It's not just being uprooted in the middle of the season. I really do believe that messes with guys. It messes, it messed with Gomez. Um, uh, he was yeah. so bad for us, and it messed with like Troy Tulowitzki too. I remember he struggled for quite a bit with the Blue Jays. But um, I like to get a guy before the season. I really wanted Chris Archer. I really thought it was going to happen from time to time, and I think I think I just talked myself up. But yeah, it's it's fine. Like this roster is really it is good enough to go into opening day with. I wish they would have got a Lugie too. Um, I, I really don't trust Sip, but. That's that's kind of a minor position, so like they can figure that out pretty quick. You know, I really think a lot of it just comes down to Dallas Keuchel again. You go back to two years yep. ago, uh, no one was talking poorly about the Astros' rotation. It's like, man, Keuchel, a great number one. Colin McHugh, a solid number two. Lance McCullers, a future number one. You know, people looked at those three. They're like, man, they got something going on over here. And in one year where really – Everything hit the fan on that starting pitching, you know, yeah. starting rotation, and now it's a bunch of question marks. But for as many bad question marks as there is in this rotation, there's just as many potentially good question marks. Lance McCullers comes back healthy. Dallas Keuchel was just a shoulder thing last year, or, or yeah, shoulder thing uh, where he had fatigue. And then Chris Davinsky, a guy that looked like a, an excellent starting pitcher or he can be an excellent starting pitcher. Mike Fire is a guy who saw in the middle of your rotation. Joe Musgrove, a guy with a lot of upside. So for as much question marks as we put on it, it really only takes a few of those question marks ironing themselves out, and then they will have a solid rotation. It just can't be another situation like last year where everything within that starting rotation went south. Well, I mean... There are a lot of bright spots in this rotation. I think most of us are pretty optimistic about Dallas Keuchel. Uh, Lance McCullers, I even saw, I don't know, I can't remember who was the source, but they were saying, you know, they really think McCullers could win the Cy Young. Uh, And with a fully healthy season, that's not crazy to think. Um, McHugh, he might be who he is, but that's okay. That's a solid pitcher. That's, you know, that's a decent number three. That's Bondi Rodriguez. Um, and that's that's okay, considering we have he has cost us very little money. Uh, Musgrove is a guy who you look to. Davinsky, again, that's a guy that you really want considered for the number five spot. Fires is a very solid number four. Uh, and 
you know, Ludo seems to really think Charlie Morton is kind of the next Rich Hill guy. And hey, maybe if he can stay healthy, that would be a great number five. So I, yeah, I'm not I'm not totally down on it. I just really I really think Dallas Keuchel getting a second, you know, super two number one upside guy, you know, like an archer, like a Quintana, that just makes this that makes this rotation a force of nature. You know, it goes from being good to like, whoa, that's really good. You know, it makes it it changes the narrative a lot. But I get I get why they're not giving up some like they really are hesitant. All right, quickly here to end the podcast. Luis Valblena going to the Angels. How many times is he bat flipping on the Astros in 2017? Oh, Jesus. Uh, he's it, It's got to be like 50 or 60 bat flips because he'll bat flip on a foul ball. And that I man feel, doesn't care. I feel like there's got to be at least one walk-off home run bat flip. I mean, the, the Astros might go like 14 and, and 4 versus the Angels, but there will be at least one walk-off that Valblena hits. Is this, is this a given? Is there's going to be a gigantic bat flip that goes along with it? I'll, I'll allow it as long as as long as you know yeah we we get the majority of those games I'll allow it um I, I liked I liked Valbuena yeah I mean that that Dexter Fowler trade kind of like backfired on us a little because Dexter Fowler went over there and was great awesome. for them um but he wasn't great for us he was good he was good for us uh they but he was it was a weird weird energy when he was here like you just felt that like. I don't know, maybe the organization never really bought into Dexter Fowler. Yeah. And then, finally, Kobe Rasmus up with the Tampa Bay Rays now. Our boy, Jared, everyone loved Kobe. You know, even with his 206 batting average, his 286 on base average last year, we'll always have him in our hearts for that ALDS. You know, looked like a guy for a second. There was a quick second there, Jared, where maybe he was starting to figure out uh, who he could be as a player, a guy that's really fallen short of his expectations when he was first called up with the Cardinals. Uh, but that weird ear injury he had uh, or issue or whatever the heck that was, uh, it was just really a lost season last year. So he goes to uh, Tampa Bay where it's a land of reclamation projects. So it'll be an opportunity for him to get consistent at bats. And then if he does well, he might get traded to a contender. I mean, look, he gave us good defense. Yeah, he he was he was really good for us uh, in the ALDS. That was that was something to watch, and he kind of became a little folk hero. And I'd I'd rather remember him as that, you know, kind of the the Colby Jack, that that fun that fun character that we kind of made. He never happened. Yeah, or we'll just you know we'll gloss over the the bad stuff and just basically we'll do what you said and just call it a wash season. You know, it's over. There's it's there's nothing we can do. Well. That's it. Kobe Rasmus back with the Rays. Luis Valbuena with the Angels. We talk Jedis. We talk politics. Heck, I don't know. Well, maybe next time we'll talk a little World Baseball Classic. I know you're thrilled for that, Jared. Oh yeah, actually, I, I like you the World like Baseball it. Classic. Oh, man, I, was I do. Being sarcastic. I figured. No, you're actually. World baseball Classic guy. No, I, I I think it's a fun start. I think you get to see some combinations of players that uh, you don't normally get to see, and you get to see some international guys. I'm I'm very much a World Baseball Classic guy. So maybe we will actually talk about it next time. <laughs> hey, on, on I, Bregman, note, I think Bregman's going to play. Uh, I'm scared with the amount of Astros that are allegedly going to play. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, crossing my fingers and toes and cussing at the TV when that's on and all kinds of good stuff. But, hey, it means baseball in March, so I guess you can't complain about that. Yeah. But on that note, Jared Webb, Andy Pondillo, again, thanks for listening to us. 
every episode here on Astro Chat through the off season. We'll be bringing you more episodes leading you into spring training just a month away. Till next time, happy off season baseball, everybody.